0: Welcome to Brand Story, Inc., the podcast that takes a look at how brands are using a media company mindset to connect with audiences like never before. I'm John Tolley, Content Marketing Manager at Teamworks Media, and today we're trying something a bit different. Your usual host, Jay Sharman, recently returned from Content Marketing World 2021, energized to share with you his experience. So here's our conversation about the best speakers, biggest insights, and most impactful takeaways from Content Marketing World 2021 all right jay it's uh great to speak to you today how do you feel being in the uh the guest role instead of the uh the omnipotent or the omniscient host role
1: <laughs> it's a little more disconcerting you know a slight little tingle of nerves it's good to be on the, uh, yeah. the other side of the microphone i guess john
0: you don't know you don't know what's going to be asked uh, um, um uh, on this role you haven't been able to to fully prepare but you know you spent uh uh, a lovely long weekend, or or, or, or or three or four days there in uh, in uh, beautiful Cleveland, Ohio, at Content yep. Marketing World 2021. So uh, that's what we're here to talk about today. And uh, why don't we just jump right in? I mean, so this was your first in-person, uh, you know, business conference in nearly 20 months. Yes. Um, so I, I, I mean, I think what most people want to know is, is, is what were your top three things. Uh, that made you happy to attend uh, in person?
1: Oh, that's a great question. To, to limit it to three is tough. I mean, I think, look, uh, no disrespect to content marketing world, I think any conference that I would have gone to probably would have had the same vibe. There was just this. I think the number one thing was just joy in humanity. There was this element of like seeing other people mm-hmm. around. Um, uh, the fact that it happened to be kind of John R. people, right? Like content marketers just made it, super happy right like these people are people You're people too because you just kind of nerd out and I think uh one of the things that I loved was just like I I was sitting across from this woman and her name escapes me and she talked to me how she was head of content marketing for like a construction company or a lumber company And Mm -hmm. and I just looked at her I said Does it make you happy to know I I know pretty much exactly what you do for a living? She was like, Oh my God, it is so nice not to have to explain what I do. I bet. Right? So there was just. I bet within the
0: construction world too. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, I know. So that was, you know, I think, you know, that was probably number one. I will say props to, uh, I know you like to know about cuisine and, and beverages, it's one of your sweet spots. Oh, yeah. Sure, um, lay it on me, Cleveland's a good yeah. easy city. I mean, for Joe, what it's worth, Joe Pulitzi, who's the founder, uh, who eventually sold Content Marketing Institute. Um, he comes back, yes. yeah, and it's funny because mm-hmm. people still think he owns the company. I think, um, even though he's got his own company, The Tilt. So he's kind of a rock star, and bumped into him, and you know. He, he's like, Jay, come on out. And so I met out with him uh, the last night and we went to this place called the Whistle and Keg, John. So. Mm, you, okay. You, I'll you put it on love my this list place. You'd love it. Right. It's like, it's kind of like Disney of craft beer. So imagine oh, yeah. a wall with like 50 mini plasma screens and you go up and you put down your credit card and you get like the, the, the fast pass, you know, type of a uh, band and you just put mm. your band up magically and you can pour as much beer as you want. There's 50 or 100 oh, that's beers, dangerous. and it's just like it's free. Just put your put your band up. Brilliant business yeah, model. Yeah,
0: yeah. Whistling. And, and I'm sure you were, I'm sure you were sitting there wondering how you could apply content marketing yeah. to that approach. <laughs> well, it was funny. How could you write a How could you write a blog post about each of those beers to exactly. uh, draw people in and 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 you know put them at the top of your funnel? You know, beer and funnels always exactly. Go, go there together. Go. So maybe content Well marketing done. Beer, yeah exactly but uh people are 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 are, you know probably tuning in to uh to to find out more about content marketing and and just looking over the agenda from uh this this year's event it was jam packed so um let's just jump right in and talk about you know some of the key themes some of the uh, things you saw some what your you know favorite takeaways so uh start off with the keynote speakers you know who who jumped out to you and give us a little reason you know why they jumped out who were you surprised by who were you already expecting to see and and, and they, they lived up to you the height just take us from there sure uh,
1: I, I just I'm, I'm kind of a stickler for details. so the third thing though I got to give props out John they closed mm-hmm. down the um, uh, the rock and roll Hall of Fame for content marketing world oh, wow. and I mean there was you know, this is an event that usually gets four or five thousand people, and there's probably only five hundred or so this year, right? Because of COVID or mm-hmm. babies, and so it was like we had the run of the place, and it was so cool. So I can't impress upon enough: next year, book it. Um, so that's your question, though, keynote speakers. So I mean, uh, you already know where I'm going to go with this. I mean, they're so good, right? Like, and I didn't yeah. intentionally, uh, not intentionally. Some stuff came up, so I didn't get to see everybody in person. Like, so Jay Bear, Ann Hanley. Uh, Melanie Diesel, I, but the one that really jumped out to me was again Andrew Davis. Um, it he was he was spectacular, and he did a presentation called um, "Constraint Constraints Breed Creativity," and he had this whole four cube dynamic, right? Kind of like a uh, kind of a thought process, and, and he was really good at kind of taking actual mm-hmm. items. and He did this case study on this, and don't share this with the staff, John, because I think we're going to do this in a, at a staff meeting at Teamworks. Okay, but He he did, a, he did a case study um, on this working farm, right? That was like, you know, kind of okay. an educational farm, self-sustainability farm, and how when COVID hit, it, within 48 hours, they had flipped their business model. And one of the things that they came up with was the notion of people stuck on you know zoom bombing and and using animals to kind of be guests you know for a donation of your choice to be guests on your actual conference zoom right and so they called it okay. goat to meeting goat to meeting right <laughs> and it was just amazing he walks through this entire you know process of how they got to this thing. And then, you know, the payoff of how many millions of dollars it's brought in, right. And how go meeting came on as a sponsor and just, um, you know, just really, really super cool about through the lens of content marketing, how to kind of listen to the audience and adapt. Um, and he did it at the same time that he was, you know, what I love about Andrew, he's on stage, to- totally energetic. And he had kind of this whole metaphor of solving, or um, a Rubik's cube. He pulled in somebody out of the audience and, and kind of I don't, I don't want to give it away, but had six of them and kind of talking about focus. And so he was modeling the four cubed approach to kind of content marketing. At the same time, somebody was actually doing it in person kind of three-dimensionally to prove the point. So it's a little meta, but uh, he, he's just such a good performer. Um, that, that really that one really stood out just kind of about, how to integrate, you know, everyone has challenges, whether they're, you know, emotional challenges, mental challenges, fiscal challenges, work stress, and, and, and how other people have kind of channeled that. I thought he did a great job. That one really jumped out at me.
0: Yeah. And, and Andrew Davis, um, a, a former guest on, yes. on Brand Story, Inc., probably a, 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 once in future guest as well. I'm sure we'll, You'll find a uh, any any reason to have him back on because he's such a fabulous guest. So yep. uh, definitely encourage folks to go back, and uh, we'll link to that in the uh, in the blog post as well. But um, to widen the lens a little bit, um, what are some some key takeaways and trends that uh, things that, that you saw you know kept popping up uh, this year?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think probably Jay Bear, who was really good, who's another um, keynote speaker. He did a whole thing on, um, that I think encapsulated a lot of other themes in the, in the, in content marketing world. And he talked about customer moats, right? Like customers are kind of in the castle and you can't barge the castle. There's moats around them. It's like, and he did the whole metaphor about attention, right? And just, you can't just barge in to try to get someone's attention anymore. There's so much out there and just, you know, I think that was one of the key themes about how much, um, how many people are claiming for different people's attention and what it takes to actually earn a customer's or, you know, a target audience members trust, right. To become part of the routine and how it just exponentially in in our world of kind of scrolling and ADHD, you know, world, how do you actually crack that code? And, you know, I thought... Um, you know, and he did this whole order of relevance for content from its source, which was like you know, number one, kind of the message from the customer, the second thing was influence, or the third was employee, and then the fourth was the brand, right? And kind of just walked through this architecture and structure of, it, it all comes back to the end of the day, right, like being relevant, being authentic, the, the, the words that are overused, but he just did a really good job of kind of reinforcing and illustrating some of the tenants, and that was a constant, uh, a constant theme. Uh, that, that we heard was just the bar, you know, how high the bar has been raised. And, you know, this Absolutely. wasn't, this wasn't actually, you and I talked about this, I think this wasn't actually, this was recorded, uh, this old marketing. So Joe Pulizzi and Robert Rose, who do their weekly, this old marketing podcast, it was recorded there. And I thought they did an excellent job, um, which was another theme that really kind of emerged. They did an excellent job of talking about content marketing as a movement, as a rallying cry, as like putting a positive dent in the world and having aspirations to make the world a better place, not just sell more bars of soap, right? And that, so this purpose-driven content marketing component really kind of was a thread that, um, you know, it's something you and I have talked about and are very aware of that, 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 dripped through several different people's presentations as a
0: theme. Um, what, what, what are some examples of that? Uh, you know, it, it I guess some examples of content marketing as a rally cry at, you know, as a movement, something bigger than, than what a lot of people would, would see it as and, and some examples of, uh, like with some concrete examples of purpose marketing that they threw out there purpose content marketing, I should say.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think one that comes to mind is, um, I might mispronounce her name, Jackie, but Jackie Chakareles, uh, she did a presentation that was on um, a chocolate company and how, you know, there are a lot of, uh, it, and kind of from a number of different, uh, some of the name brand chocolate companies are actually using slave labor. And there was kind of a purpose-driven chocolate that was like, not only, you know, in terms of how they sourced it, um, making sure that they were working with people in the supply chain who were paid fairly all the way along the way. But the entire mission of this chocolate company was to create awareness around the anti-slave trade. Right. So um, and they did it in a way. I mean, you can imagine there's a fine line there because there's almost like the shaming of your competition in an element. Right. But uh, they did it in a a pretty novel way. They They showed some documentary content. They showed their. You know, their brand messaging, they showed their content marketing and how it all was interconnected with kind of this purposefulness. Um, it, it was really impressive to see, you know, it, it kind of turned eating chocolate into call to action and, and not to make light of the, the slave trade um, and some of the things that are there. But like, you know, she also did it in a way that was uh, a, a light touch on a, on, a, on a heavy topic. Right. With the call to chocolate. So uh,
0: so that was one example that really stood out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um well i'm you know you you know me well enough to know i'm not much of a numbers guy but this business we're in is one that uh certainly pulls in lots of of, of various numbers and, and metrics and analytics like we uh like to call them so what were some uh, what the, give me a stat give me some stat that you learned there mm. some some set of numbers some data set even that you uh you caught while you were there that uh that just kind of blew you away, surprised you, or even, you know, reinforced, uh, uh, ideas and thoughts you already had.
1: Yeah. Um, again, it sounds like I'm pandering to past guests, but I'm not. I just, it just happened to be, oh, oh, many of them happened to be there, but, uh, Sarah Dale, my new buddy mm-hmm. from the chief revenue officer from Nativo, the sponsored content agency, mm-hmm. she had one that was kind of a little bit, probably the Houdini one of the, of the conference, which Uh, and I don't have the source, but I'm I'm sure you can get it for her. But 97% of marketing budgets are geared towards the top of the funnel, yet they yield Mm -hmm. only 7% quality leads. And so I really thought her presentation, uh, and this is why I love content marketing world, right? Like, if you're the type of person who gets jacked to go see like deep dive on the middle of the funnel content marketing then this is the place for you right because that's what she was talking about Like right? she had really kind of was talking about um, personas and how their company has built personas for, and she used real examples for like Volvo right and just kind of really understanding um, in the mid like how those persona behaviors actually translate into actions in the middle of the funnel And and it just was just a a great refresher, I, I thought that stat was like, there's so much money being put to try to get somebody's attention. But once you get somebody's attention, right, to your content, how do you get them to kind of move down the, down the funnel, right? So that's, uh, that, that was something that I think, you know, I'm not maybe not doing a great job of, of, of going through it, but she really provided some brass tacks on how to build personas in the middle of the funnel for different audience segmentation, which, you know, uh, sounds a little nerdy, but I, I, I love that kind of stuff. I nerd out on that wonkiness.
0: No, absolutely. Well, uh, so if you could go into a little bit more detail about like just this persona building in general, um, did, did she have some insights that, that you were, had not uh, as to yet been privy to about the persona building process, any, anything that they do differently? Um, that has helped them build, I guess, more robust personas?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think she used kind of car analogies, right? So John, you and Mm -hmm. I talk a lot about early adopters. I think a lot of clients that we talk to are trying to, I hate the word convince, but educate their prospective clients, right? It's not just, hey, we have a, it's, it's not just, it's almost like we're educating you on, you know, kind of what the market is, right? And so she kind of talked about the early adopter persona is kind of like the Tesla, right? And the need to be reaffirmed about someone's decision, right? And so the tone of the content needs to be much more expert-based and passionate-based, right? And then the content needs to be simple but yet hyper-personalized, right? Um, and so she kind of went down the road of like, okay, what, is that? what does that mean? Well, for a early adopter, like of the literal Tesla, it's like, kind of under the hood product demos, right? They kind of know the benefits, but it's kind of like reaffirming why it is, right? And and really understanding the brand loyalty and what it represents to then kind of manifest itself and kind of hitting those key attributes around, you know, reaffirming, right? Right. It was about reaffirming, right? Mm-hmm. And you and I deal with that, right? We talk about clients who who don't know anything about content or media and are transforming into you know their knowledge into media companies and there's a like we face it, right? There's that moment in any client where they're like, oh my gosh, like we're we're a little out beyond our area of comfort here. <laughs> Is this gonna work right? And so oh you know, sure. I think just as we think about the fact that we work with quite a few early adopters, like those things were, you know repression. So I would do Brand Story Inc. That's the whole reason we do this. Is I think mm-hmm. to show that you know you're not alone. There are a lot of people who've done this before and done it very well, um, and so you know things like that really helped. I think resonate with me.
0: I bet. Um, okay, I got to be careful how I word this next one because <laughs> you are a man who contains multitude talents. But uh, we 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 can't all be uh, you know experts in everything. So what did you? What left you feeling like, oh, I've got to catch up on this, I'm behind, uh, you know, this is gonna be need to know, uh, you know, must know in the future? Like, What did you pick up And you're like, all right, I'm dedicating some time to that uh, in the very near future?
1: Well, you know, great question, and I think I, I immediately, it was, it was a little overwhelming, so I kind of put it into the, who can I delegate this to, <laughs> mm-hmm. if I'm honest, but I would say data asset management, D-A-M damn, is that complicated, right? It's like, mm. how does how does your content ecosystem, how does your content library tie in with your Salesforce or your CRM and how does it, you know, your operationalizing of all the blood and guts of stuff. And it, and it makes my head hurt because as you know, right, on some of the clients we've worked on, the amount of content that we create for clients is enormous and kind of connecting all of those different dots there's a lot of people playing in that space and i felt like tom hanks and big a little bit i remember sitting down with Mm -hmm. like um some of the companies like uberflip who are great they're awesome with me and i'm like i'm sorry i don't get it can you go through it again can you give me a real example you know it's like can we do sounds like you know Um, yeah but it's amazing how quickly those software companies are kind of adapting to this world of Thousands of pieces of content tying into thousands, and, you know, if not hundreds of thousands of potential customers and prospects and clients, and and how that all interconnects. Um, it makes my head hurt, and I, I I try to put it in that place of like, okay, conceptually, it's why you go to a place like this. You meet really smart vendors, people like Uberflip and and others, and then there's also you know human beings that are there that that are experts in this. That when you get to that point, it's like. Being able to network with those people to be like, okay, help us navigate this. Um, those are the things that I think, you know, we're like, oof, we got to spend some time on that because it's, it's a, the technology is sure. evolving so quickly. And there was some cool other stuff too there, but we can get into that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that takes me right to my next question here, which is, uh, you know, this is a conference, this is a trade show. Um, you know, probably not as much. Gadgetry and and shiny things as the consumer electronics show out in Las Vegas every year, but uh, But what did you see amongst the uh, exhibitors and vendors there that? that uh, jumped out at you, you know, uh, be it technology be it uh, Toys what, uh, what what had the wow factor for you? you know, this is- Besides, you know, data assets you know management. Yeah, yeah
1: I think I uh- there was one company that I thought was super cool. Um, I mean, many companies have used explainer animation videos, and there's a company called Vioto. Sure. I think it's V Y O D O. And it was like a self publishing animation company, right? So we've mm-hmm. all seen those, you know. But I mean, it was so the technology was cool because they could make a John Tolley or a Jay Sharman figure like on the spot. But it was like click and drag animation. And, you know, I am not sophisticated when it comes to technology. Um, you know, i like PowerPoint and Excel or Google sheets is kind of my end, yeah. but this was, <laughs> this was J proof, right? I mean, like I was right there and I was doing a whole scene in the kind of a, a hospital, uh, you know, making the ambulance go across and people were, I, it was just amazing. You know, I mean, that was something that, um, even a couple of years ago was like five thousand dollars a video to outsource to somebody, and now here is a product for a thousand bucks a year, and you can do it yourself. You know, so that was pretty yeah. cool. Um, that was super tactical. I also thought there's a lot of neat stuff out there uh, that relates to many of our clients around content hubs. Um, right? There's a company called Shorthand that was pretty impressive. That uh, magazine, high quality user experience style content hubs. Right, that that are trying to bypass the custom website development, right, and and taking months of time and that type of thing. So, I so there there's a couple players in that space for sure. Um, that that I that I think are, are are interesting and really relevant, right? Because we've dealt with that in our company trying to find you know resources to to actually build oh, yeah. the content hub, and so I mean in general there just seems to be more and more players that are getting very specific in the needs of the content marketing, where I think, you know, I hadn't been there in five or six years before. It was kind of almost like companies that were in other industries trying to come here and being like, hey, let's adapt our tool, where like the people that were there knew content marketing, right? They knew it, lived it, they breathed it, which was super cool because you learned a lot by sitting down with those companies and talking to them. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Which, I, I mean, I spent hours with the vendors you know, because it, for me, it's kind of a poor man's way to kind of, they see a lot of different customers. What are you hearing? What are you seeing? And that kind of stuff. So that was also really helpful to kind of get some insights on that.
0: Oh, I bet. I mean, I can only imagine that, you know, maybe five, four years ago, whatever, some of these people were just walking around content marketing world, their, their ears open, their eyes open and seeing what it was. People were complaining about what they were, you know, having trouble, uh, you know, making ends meet on and, and, uh, you know, a couple of years later, you just come back with that product in hand right there, you know. Yep. You could probably do that year after year, um, and just fill those spaces. But um to get a little more uh I guess personal and a little more uh one on one, uh was there a conversation? Um, you know, was there a, a moment maybe even at the uh, the bar after the conference where where you got, you know, down and uh and really talked to someone about content marketing, about the like you said, the entire ecosystem that surrounds it. What's the conversation that uh, that uh, stood out to you
1: well i i think one and, and this is a little bit some inside baseball for us putting it out there but john i i so two things one i do want to share kind of a, a humorous anecdote which i'll get to in a second but th- the first thing was okay. um it was pretty cool and this might sound a little meta because you and i have been trying to come up and lily and our team have been trying to come up with a name for the type of you know, twist on content marketing that we've been doing, right? Which we've been calling relationship content marketing, right? And the mm-hmm. concept for those listening is that, uh, and, and I will underscore the ampersand when we get to it here in a second, but the concept is as opposed to traditional content marketing where you create blogs or video or um, other types of content to get a critical mass of people right to engage on your content and go kind of down the funnel it's a little bit of the inverted pyramid right where it's like sure the if we're doing a podcast like brand story inc this podcast the podcast in and of itself is a relationship developing tool with other people in the industry you want to be in which has been proven true right because i'm showing up there and yep Stephanie Stahl, who I've never met, who's the president of CMI, you know, comes up and gives me a big hug. And there's Andrew Davis and Joe Polizzi and all the people that are keynote speakers who many of whom I only have like digital relationships with because I've met them through the podcast and and other things. And they came up to you like buddies and they're talking to you. So it was like that was pretty cool, right? It's like that's proof in the pudding. You know, we put a lot of time in building those relationships. But they started with an outreach to be on a podcast in most cases or another piece of content. And you and I, I mean, one of the questions I was – this is the meta part. I kept going up to them and saying, hey, here's what we're doing. Be curious. What term should we be using? What are you hearing out there? We want – like we're struggling Mm -hmm. to find a name with this. And I thought that was really helpful because when you asked Joe Polizzi this question and Ann Hanley and and Andrew Davis, and they all came back with pretty much the same answer, which was like, you know what? Create a name. Just create a name and own it and go market it and and be the name, you know, which was – I guess that was probably it's there was many short conversations I had, but it was really validating and made me feel good like, hey, these are the every one of these are authors and thought leaders and on the keynote stage. Um, and and they all had the consistent feedback. So that was a little homework for you and me to kind of say, okay, let's come up with a name for it. So if anyone listeners have a great name, we're we're, we're all ears. Um, absolutely. The side note, there was a guy named Brian Piper. Who's the director of content strategy at uh, University of Rochester? And I'm at the cocktail party last night, right? Having a nice chat. Super nice guy. We're a nerd now, talking about higher ed content marketing, blah, blah, blah. And then we start talking about hobbies. And and John, I, I told him he gets my Dosa Keys Award for the conference. This guy, Brian Piper, is not just he he does like three to four hundred skydives a year, but he is also like a professional. Uh, wing skydiver teacher. So you know the wings that when you that yeah. can fly. So he's an oh, yeah. ins- he's a wing instructor, and we're like forty five oh, minutes yeah. in the conversation. I'm like, dude, how did you keep that in the pocket for forty five minutes? I'm I'm literally grabbing other people at this bar and be like, ask him what he does for fun. Ask him what he does for fun. And just watching people, it was like the world's most interesting cocktail party, I guess. It was super cool.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, that's a. Uh... That's one of those once in a lifetime. I mean, I guess unless you run in certain circles, you're not going to run into the the wingsuit guy that often. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is uh, that's wild. But uh, are you, so are you going to be taking up uh, wingsuit no. flying soon? Hell no. Tanya Son, you're going to let you no. jump off of whatever it is they jump off of. No with? interest. With? Okay. All right. So no, no, you're never going to live out your dreams of being Rocky the flying squirrel. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. We won't queue up the Boris Badenoff music. Uh,
1: well, we'll played keep the winkle
0: out A lot of things.
1: Well played. All right.
0: So, so, uh, you know, you've talked, mentioned a couple times, Joe Polizzi, we, uh, you know, another former guest out right here on the podcast. We'll, we'll link to his, uh, as well. We'll try to link to as many past guests we've mentioned here. Um, so people don't have to go searching through our, uh, brand story inc archives to find them. But, uh, um, You know, his name has come up a lot recently. Um, Why is that? You know, uh, give us a little more background there.
1: Well, one, he bought me drinks at that really cool place. That always helps. That's perfect. uh, (laughs) super nice of him. But no, I mean, I think, uh, you know, part of it was what he spoke about at the conference, and part of it is about what he's talking about on his podcast. And I think he is one of, he's on the leading edge, right? So So he just wrote another edition of Content Inc., um, you know, he's practicing what he's preaching, right? So this whole notion of, like, be a movement, his movement, you know, his BHAG, his big, hairy, audacious goal is to empower one million content creators to have them, you know, be self-sufficient, that they're not side hustles, right? Teaching mm-hmm. them that they can earn a living. A million people, right? Empowering them, to, like, that's a pretty big goal, and it's a pretty life-changing goal for these people, right? And so, you know, he's running a company called The Tilt, Email newsletter subscription consulting company in the content marketing space. Uh, And the other part that I find really fascinating, he is the leading edge guy in kind of loyalty, content loyalty programs. You know, he's created his own, uh, using Bitcoin, his own uh, ecosystem, if you will, his own currency, right, within your own loyalty group that you can use for rewards and it actually appreciates. Um, you know, and as it relates to understanding content and blockchain and customer loyalty and Bitcoin and connecting all of those dots, he's doing some really fascinating things there. And it's clear uh, he's out in front on that. And he's got, you know, if you want to listen to it, you can hear him talk about it on, uh, I think it was an episode in early October on this old marketing. But, uh, you know, just, and, and then as a, as a fellow business owner, talking to somebody who quite literally built, Content Marketing Institute from the ground up and then sold it and has gone on to have another company. Just super cool, right? Like there's that element of entrepreneurship and and seeing someone on the other side of of, of a journey, um, which was super cool. But I I really think people need to be keeping an eye on Joe as it relates to content marketing and, and really loyalty programs and where it's going
0: yeah yeah you know you touched on uh just a few minutes ago relationship content marketing, which is something we mm-hmm. at uh, teamworks have been have you know been going deep on and, and you know that's our that's our working name right now mm-hmm. uh you know very well could be our our full time name but we'll see where it goes' we'll see if the guests or uh listeners have any suggestions for us but um, you know just to give people a little background i mean you know it, it is it's content marketing and it's based but it's using content marketing as so much more, you know, I mean, it, it can drive SEO, but at the same time, you know, the, the, the content outreach itself can, uh, can be used to create very, very, um, uh, you know, strategic and direct relationships. Um, and I think that's something that, uh, that, you know, we're getting out in front of, um, I know, in fact, I know it is, but, uh, what, uh, w- when you discuss the nuts and bolts of relationship content marketing, uh, with these uh, various keynote speakers and movers and shakers, and just you know the regular content marketing hoi polloi, what was the feedback you got? You know, what were some of the notes you got?
1: Well, you know, it, there's a little bit of an echo chamber because of I just ex- explained before I was talking to of sure. people who had experienced it, right? And I, you know, I think one of the things uh, that was really affirming was the fact that you're able to sit across from somebody who. Um, a Joe Polizzi who I didn't know if it wasn't for having done this, right? And, and you're kind of in the club. And, and we talked about there's really a psychology component to this, and I don't pretend to be, I don't have a doctorate degree or anything like that. But there's this intangible, John, and you know it, right? Like when you have, even though it's only two people uh, on a call like right now, when you have a shared experience that you know is either going public or is public, right, that this conversation it creates this unique dynamic. You just feel like you know the person better, right? And there's there's a whole pecking order, right? There's the video, live content. There's the podcast, I think, an interview. And and you've done thousands of these interviews that turn into blog articles. Like, there's there's still the relationship when you're talking to someone and interviewing them, right? And then the piece of content comes out and you're emailing back and forth and they're feeling good, right? And so, you know, I think people have been... Doing bits and pieces of this, kind of almost organically, but I feel like being so focused and concerted on it was what was really interesting when I was talking to people. Right? You know, Joe and other people. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's follow up more on this. I wanna, I wanna dig in a little bit more. Right? Um, you know, and there are some, there are some people who've done kind of inverted pyramid things, but to your point, and, and not surprisingly, you almost have to caveat every conversation with. And the content has to be really valuable for the community, right? If people are listening to Absolutely. this and they're like, you guys are just talking about yourself. So I don't really care what you're talking about. You just, this is promotional. They'll be like, blah, I'm out, right? I'm off. Um, and so I think that component is super important. But I, I just love, you know, it. the other part of what you and I have talked about many times. The niches within the niches is is becoming a reality. Between the technological platforms, between the way people consume it, between there's so much distraction out there. Like, I I really believe that people are more and more. um, You get to a point of feed fatigue, right? Yeah, we've all been conditioned to turn on an Instagram feed or a social media feed and kind of go through it and what's going on and blah, blah, blah. But your true passions are things that I think you seek out, right? I think those are things that you actually as opposed to being passive and having things come to you, your true hobbies and passions you want to really go deep on. And so, I mean, I, and I think that was a theme, again, that kind of came out, right, within content marketing world. There's almost no such thing as too niche. It's like, great, you know, own the niche. With like, and, I, and that was the other part that many people wove, weaved, had woven into their, you know, presentations Something like was that. like, brand marketers have this like the FOMO, the fear of missing out. Yeah, but if we're too specific, we're going to miss out on that where it's, that's kind of intuitive. It's like, no, 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 go, go super deep. Take a stand, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, y- you're going to find and attract your people and create brand loyalty, right? Otherwise people are going to choose the next bar of soap because of price. And those aren't people you're going to keep anyway, right? So, right. Um, you know, I don't know if that totally answers your question, but I think I, I just walked away feeling, the world has kind of evolved into a place where it's the right time for people to have these conversations. And I think the other part that people talked about was just as it relates to COVID, you know, you and I have talked about this. Uh, the, we've had many clients or not many, several clients who have funded work with us through their TNE budget, right? I think mm-hmm. the concept we're now past the 18 month mark of COVID where it's like, okay, the idea of being able to go out and just wine and dine people there's a you know people are conditioned to not do that it's not that they don't want to do it it's not that people aren't meeting again but you almost need to have i think another tool in the toolkit to be able to create connective ways with Absolutely. with people if that makes sense it's the same way like a conference conferences are no longer oh you're either here or you're not right it's like they're hybrid there were thousands of people at content marketing world, virtually hundreds that were there in person. And I I do think that's going to be kind of the new norm and a net positive. I think you're going to be able to aggregately reach more people with relationship content marketing as, you know, a tool in your overall marketing toolkit.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, as the, and I think too, as the business world even gets diverse, you know, the the ways you're going to have to reach out to people, you know, I think, uh, we are still and probably always will be moving away from a very monolithic uh, version of the business world and what it took to make connections. You know, a lot of a lot of steak dinners with scotch and uh, uh, rounds of golf. And you mm-hmm. got a lot of people right now who are standing up and saying, you know, that's not the way to connect to me. Uh, you know, and, and, and you, you're going to have to try a little bit harder and find something else and, you know, probe a little bit deeper, be a little bit more robust in your outreach to me. Um, so absolutely, you know, content marketing is, 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 is there to serve in that, uh, in that regard. Um, are you going back next year? Heck yeah. Are you are, are, you are that,
1: too, buddy. You, Just so you know. Yeah. yeah. Book it. You, Lily, okay. the crew, we're all going.
0: We gotta uh, and, and what, what do you want to, what do you want to see next year? Like what, what, what would you hope to see? What, uh, were there any storylines, any threads that, uh, that you need, uh, uh, you know, a round two or a part two on.
1: Honestly, you know, and this is going to sound self-serving. Like I'd really love for us to be speaking on relationship content marketing next year. Um, it it wasn't really covered, and I um, mean sure. you know, there are hundreds of speakers, there are hundreds of, um, there are people who touched on elements of it, right? But it as an actual practice, and I think it'll be provocative. I think some people have pushed back on it, right? I think, um, you know, but but. I believe that conversation needs to be introduced um, and I'm excited to try to earn the the nod from from Stephanie Stahl and, and the team at content marketing world to to actually dig in on that conversation because I think it's one that you and I find fascinating and our clients sure find fascinating and it, you know, and so I, I just know, in the side conversations that I had there, it was great. It was just a great conversation starter with people and, you know, led to tell me mores, which is always a good thing, right? As opposed to someone Mm -hmm. looking at their watch or looking over your shoulder. So, um, so, you know, I mean, that's what I'm looking for. And, and I think honestly, it was also a really good reminder to um, prep well in advance of a conference. There were so many people who I wanted to connect with that I didn't. Just because it was like, oh, you know, I see them there, I'll find them. And, you know, that doesn't always happen that way. Um, but I can impress upon people enough, like, how um, enriching it was. You know, there was just so much content to consume, no pun intended. And so many great speakers all in one place. These are the same people that we're following on Twitter, John. The same people that were listening to their podcasts. People who are sharing our content. And to have, like, that human element and just take it to that next level is just super cool. And they put on an awesome show. They just, they really do. It is a first class um, event that content marketing world puts on. I can't recommend it enough. So it's always in the same time, like late September, 2022, get it on your calendars and find us there.
0: Okay. Can do And we're we're bumping up against time, but I can't let you go without um, your morning musts. What do you got to do? Knock it out.
1: Good Lord. God, you asked to turn it on me. So I'm an email subscription guy. Um, Mm -hmm. My number one uh, sugar is Morning Brew, the business Mm -hmm. newsletter. Uh, Wall Street Journal newsletter. Axios. um, Sportico. Uh, Let's see. I'll go on Twitter. I'll go on my LinkedIn feed. Uh, to see what folks in our network or my network are doing specifically. Um, really like the Wall Street Journal um, from a news consumption perspective. Um, you know, mm-hmm. And then admittedly, there's a, there, I'm a little bit of a, a tethered to the feed, if you will, on, on Twitter. Twitter and LinkedIn are my go-to social platforms for kind of deep diving on news. Sure. Things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would ask you, your bedside book stand, but I just don't believe you sleep. Um, so, uh, what's your, uh, what books are you reading right now and wherever you keep those books?
1: Ah, well, I'm one of those guys who's like reading six or seven at the same time and kind of like go back and forth between them. But I'm reading right now, I'm reading, um, Michelle Obama's becoming, Mm -hmm. which is really enjoyable to see her journey. And, you know, being a, I, I was one of those, I felt like I should know, uh, they just broke ground here in Chicago, Barack and Michelle, on the uh, the presidential library, and it's it's part of the mm-hmm. significant um, rehabilitation or you know renovation of certain parts of the of the near south side, and uh, it's going to have a profound impact, I think, here locally in a lot of different ways. And I was like, I really don't know much about. Uh, Barack and Michelle, so I've been enjoying that. It's, it's an easy read. It's 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 she's done a really good job of, of writing it, and um, so that's been my my guilty nighttime pleasure.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, I can't believe you call reading Michelle Obama's book your guilty pleasure. But uh, <laughs> well, it's <laughs> whatever, not some wonky business
1: be. book. You know what I mean? It's like um, a,
0: yeah, I know. I, I I get what you mean. You mean your your I guess you would just mean your non business read yes, right now. But yes. uh, you've gone over enough business stuff at this point. Well, that you know that wraps things up on our end, and and this would be the part where you would normally turn to the guest and and uh, ask them where you know I'd like to send our uh, our listeners, our audience, to uh, you know give them some love. But I guess people kind of are already there for for you and for us. You know, uh, we. I'm sure you would echo the sentiment that we want people to uh, check out the archives of Brand Story Inc. Um, you know, which are available on uh, TeamworksMedia.com uh, in our content hub there. Um, and of course, you know, as always, we'll have links to your Twitter and and LinkedIn down below uh, on the blog post. You get lowest billing because you're always highest billing, so you'll be you'll be down there where you normally are. But in, anything else, you want no, just... to find people to.
1: Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore j Sharman, S-H-A-R-M-A-N, or ping me on LinkedIn. Uh, again, Jay Sharman. Mm-hmm. Um, or follow us on Teamworks Media on our social handles. But, you know, John, I, I do want to say um, you're a much better host, affable host, and funny guy than I am. Why aren't you hosting Brand Story Inc.? That's what I want to know. That's, 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 that's oh. my next agenda item.
0: No, I I, I would, I would be just the, you know, you'd have to be the uh, power behind the throne, the eminent scree, as it were. You could just give me things to say. (laughs) Uh Well, Jay, it has been a pleasure. Um, It has been a lot of fun to sort of flip-flop things. Um, You know, people probably don't know that I'm usually your producer on the, on the show here, so I will, I'll fall back into that role, even for this episode, but uh, it's been a pleasure to be on the other side of things and, uh, and uh, be chopping it up with you here about uh, such an important conference and a uh, topic that is near and dear to both of our hearts.
1: Love it, John. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. All right, Jay. Good to talk to you. Thanks for listening to Brand Story, Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.